Hey everybody, welcome back to the Full Court Press. This is Riley, uh, just hanging in here today. Uh, it's a beautiful day on the 6th of May. Unintentional rhyme there, guys. Uh, Greg, how are we doing today? Uh, doing good here, man. Uh, pretty slow day for me, so I can't complain. Uh, Looks like we've got another good episode underway, so I'm ready to knock this out the park. Beautiful. And Dorian, how are we doing? You know, I'm hanging in there. You know, wife and kids are killing it, and I'm ready to... Uh, Destroy Blazer fans' hopes and dreams. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful thing. Um, fellas, real quick, I wanted to get into the uh, – just real quick, since we were just talking about the Lakers. Uh, they're in some trouble, fellas. They're in a lot of trouble. Uh, as we were recording, basically, Anthony Davis has uh, injured himself with apparently back spasms. Um, basically, do we think they have a chance without LeBron and AD? Potentially. Potentially LeBron. He might. He might play – Tomorrow might play um, Sunday against the Suns. We'll see. But do you guys think they have a chance to win one or both or any of those games? Or do you think they're going to really quickly lose both? Uh, I don't know. I don't I don't think they're going to risk bringing them back. I think this AD, like I was telling you before we started recording um, offline, that I didn't think that this AD injury was as bad as it was. Like, I watched it in real time. I saw him go down, and my thinking was, oh, it's not that serious of an injury because, you know, people have those type of ankle twists all the time and they walk it off. He literally walked it off. He was up the next play. And then somehow towards the end of the second quarter, he was out the game. And then the second half, they were talking about it was it was more than the ankle sprain. He started to experience back spasms and stuff as well. So I think that the the best measure here is to rest AD. Uh, we know Bron is, if, if Bron is not healthy, he don't feel healthy. He's not going to rush it back unless he feel like their season is in jeopardy. Um, so I think that they're probably going to lose a lot of these games moving forward without both of them. Yeah. I mean, tomorrow they're going to lose tonight. They're losing by 20 right now to the Clippers and, you know, and then tomorrow, you know, they got a back to back They're they're, they're at Portland and that's probably, they need him tomorrow if they want a chance to win that game. And the reason they need him tomorrow is because. If they lose that game, they fall down to seventh, and that puts them into the play-in. Because uh, the Blazers and Lakers right now are tied. I think the Lakers are currently in sixth. The Blazers are in seventh, so they'd fall right into that play-in tournament. And you know, as <laughs> no team wants to be in the play-in <laughs> for sure. So I think they need him tomorrow. Will he play? It depends on how his back feels. It sounds like LeBron is not playing um, until probably Sunday. Um, at the late, at the earliest. So they got to get that game tomorrow. And the Blazers, you know, they're pushing to win that game tomorrow too. Because like I said, nobody wants to be in that playing game. Yeah, before we start recording, I said that Dame is definitely going to smell the blood in the water. And they've been struggling in their own right a little bit. But, uh, I mean, with no LeBron, no AD, and seeing them lose as badly as they are uh, right now, there's no way that they don't obliterate the Lakers. Uh, <laughs> there's no way. You know, now they're going to feature Drummond more. Ugh, you know, like, that's not it. That's not going to be good at all. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be rough for them. And like you said about the injury, Greg, when he did it, what, what I'm wondering is that he kind of hits the hits the um, the table right there, like the sideline table. Uh-huh. He, like, hits it with his back. And I have to wonder if, that sp- if he had a back spasm right there. Oh, like, and, like, because of that, back. that's how he tweaked the ankle. So the ankle really wasn't the problem. You know what I mean? Like I just yeah. looked at it over again, and I was like, "Oh man," because it looked like he just kind of grabbed his back for a second. But oh my god, 
Oh man, yeah, back spasms are rough. I I don't think I don't think they win tomorrow. Obviously, and then Sunday. I mean, the, the Suns, as we discussed previously, they're a fine tuned machine right now. So I don't know. Like I don't know how the Lakers are going to pull that off. They need LeBron to play, but then again, you can't rush them. Like you can't rush either one of them, and they know that. So it's a real. They're walking a tightrope on this that is uh, could snap any moment right now. <laughs> they are they're really up against it, but. Also, Man. while we're speaking on play-in, we can revisit it next week. <laughs> I want to revisit it next week because it's going to be the end of the season. But um, the play-in is completely different than what we thought it was in terms of the format, and it's just very weird. Yeah, so we yeah. – <laughs> Greg and I kind of <laughs> talked about this a little bit over <laughs> Facebook. But so just a quick breakdown. Here's how the play-in actually works. The seventh and eighth place team play each other, and the ninth – and 10th place teams play each other. So the winner of the 7th and 8th place gets the 7th seed. And then 8th place gets to play the winner of the 9th and 10th place, and then that winner is then the 8th seed. So if you're looking at the West standings now, let's let's complicate this some more. So (laughs) 7 and 8 right now are currently the Blazers and Warriors. So they would play each other. And then the Grizzlies and Spurs would play each other. That would be the first round matchup in the play in the West. So, and then from there, whoever wins the seven, eight goes to seventh. We'll say it's the Blazers. So they're seventh. Yep. And so the winner then of the Grizzlies Spurs would then play the Warriors for eighth. Nice. Uh, and whoever yeah, so, lost that first game between the nine ten was out immediately. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So not confusing at all. No. Um, super, super clear right super there. Super clear. Super obvious. We were on top of it last week. We're on top of it this week. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad someone mentioned that. I yeah, I had it completely backwards in my head. That's crazy. Because um, the way that we thought it was, it completely makes sense. Seven, yeah, eight, yeah, it would eight, actually eight make sense. Plays. But but come on. Where's so I get what LeBron was saying now when he was saying that it's dumb. This is I, stupid. I, I don't think it was. I don't think he was saying it for the reason that yeah. I'm saying it. But I get yeah, it. Yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, looking at it now, it's like, yeah, it's like, who designed this shit, man? This is stupid. I don't know why am I wasting my time with this? LeBron needs to get back healthy, though. That is not uh, a. Yeah. That's not it. I'm uh, worried for them. Hey, did you guys see uh, the article that came out about the uh, Indiana Pacers head coach? And like, oh, the, and like how like the philosophy and like how it's gone in that one season he's been there so far. It's it was startlingly bad. Like it was because there was just that uh one of their uh, assistant coaches got suspended yeah. for pushing one of their backup centers uh, centers and like they got a, and, like a big argument and those two guys uh, they both got suspended a game. But that like the next day that article drops about how like that coach oh it's really not good at all. Do you guys read? Did you guys see any oh, of that? Oh no! It was a, the article about Greg Foster. No, no, not about Greg Foster. About oh, the head coach okay. and like, about and like how it's actually there, going and like like yeah, that he's yeah, out yeah. at the end of the year. It's that he yeah. like conned everyone in the front office. Like he's friends with a lot. It's like he's friends yeah. with a lot of people in the front office, and that basically they only talked basketball with him apparently, and like really didn't talk about didn't talk to anyone in his past stops about like how he is to actually work with. <laughs> like outside of philosophy and it's horrible like every like they had so many people of course anonymously but so many different like different references of like yeah no he's uh yeah it's really hard to work with he's just 
he's not an asshole, but like, you know, he's just not wow. likable. Like things like that where you're like, whoa, <laughs> like, dude, they did not. And they, they wanted like a Nick Nurse type, apparently. And that is, uh, and so that they locked onto this dude basketball wise, thinking he was the one because they knew him. And not understand that he's like mean to staff. Apparently, Sabonis at one point this season went up to like like went up to his coach and like had to ask him like, "Hey, please be nicer to like the Pacers staff because you call him out too much for no uh-huh. reason." Like all bad, all bad. So basically, starting off our little chat here about the hot seats here. This one might be so hot that it's it's melted at this point. I don't I don't yeah. know how this dude comes back from this at all. Yeah, he gone. He's back. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a play. It's a players. NBA is a players league. It's not unless you're just like. You know, like Phil Jack, like Phil, like even Phil got canned. But like, yeah. unless you're just like a stud of the game, you know, unless you're Greg Popovich, like he's like this guy that's like untouchable. It seems like because he can just berate his players, but he's also like really good to his players and everybody else around him. He's, but you know, this, yeah, I read a little bit of this article today. Um, this is like I can't Jorkin or Jorkin or I can't say his last name, Nate. Nate, we'll just call him Nate. Oh yeah, no, that's <laughs> notice. I said Pacers coach. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not joking. Like I was one when I t- when I sent you guys the outline for this episode of Full Court Press. When I said when I sent it to you, if you notice, I said like like Boston coach, or like yeah. <laughs> like Celtics coach. <laughs> Literally, I did that because I, after writing like uh, after writing Brad Stevens, I said I realized Pacers coach. So I just changed them all to team and coach <laughs> so that just like that name i was really intimidated by it so that makes sense yeah yeah he's probably does. he's probably gone um just like you just can't have a coach like that and you know he's you just got bite the bullet and move on because you know your stars your players are the stars of this league not the coach and if you're not going to be able to communicate with your players or build those relationships for that trust that yeah. you need then you got the wrong coach. I mean, you could, I mean, they're sitting in, they've won 31 games. He knows his X's and O's, but he's just, he's not very good at communicating. Or on the other end, you know, you got like a Steven Silas, who's very good at communicating players coach, but he's only won 16 games, but <laughs> with the Rockets. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think for sure he's gone and they're going to be, Pacers are going to be looking for a new head coach here uh, sooner rather than later. I wouldn't. I would say honestly, the most surprising thing about this is just the, how they went about hiring him because I didn't know that that was the basis of how they ended up hiring him. Like they wanted like a Nick Nurse type of person, and then it just completely went haywire after one yeah. year. Like, what was like what was the betting process if all these people are coming out with their resources and saying like, you know, yeah, he's a piece of like. <laughs> no, here's the thing: like it, it was so ignorant on their end that they didn't like T.J. Warren, for example, right? He didn't have to play this year because he got hurt, right? It's not like he didn't have to play, but he was robbed of playing because he got hurt. Yeah. But they didn't ask him beforehand, but it's like a known fact. That, like, T.J. Warren really does not want to play for that dude and was thinking about not playing for him. <laughs> like, by, like, just sit, like, would not play for him. So it didn't, it didn't come up because obviously he was hurt, but like, that was something that, like, they didn't, they didn't ask him about because he was <laughs> in Phoenix. He was a coach there. Yeah. When he was oh, there. And okay. it's like, it's bad. I mean, think about how bad this front office looks because, I mean, he was in Phoenix. He was in uh, Toronto, and he could have asked. He was he worked under Nurse, and like yeah. they didn't even ask. Okay. They didn't ask about these dudes. But also, look at Nate McMillan, who they fired after giving him an extension. Think about it, they gave him an extension, and then like two weeks later, they fired him. That's hey, weird. a nice little severance package. But- yeah, now he's in Atlanta, and is now they look like a passable playoff wild. team. Yep, which is wild. So it's like you know Nate McMillan, shout out Nate McMillan, uh, OG Sonic, but he's yeah. 
it's, it's the job he's doing compared to what we're seeing in Indiana is crazy. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be an opening for sure. We can check that one off the list. With uh, a this guy's like gone. Indiana, with the with the history in the state of Indiana, like what do you look for in in a head coach? Like they've done a white guy, <laughs> without a doubt. It's Indiana a doubt. usually. <laughs> Usually a white Without dude it's a, a great place to start in Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> like the days the days of Rick Carlisle are long gone. Who's yeah. been the most successful coach they've had since Rick Carlisle? Oh, Nate. Yeah. And it's just like Nate. Yeah. And yeah, just, and they and they sent him and they showed him the door. So Yep. Frank Vogel, yeah. that was short lived. He had a little success there. Yeah, Frank but Vogel. It's just like they they haven't I don't know what they're looking for, and I don't know what type of like franchise they want to continue to build. Because I mean, granted, the Pacers aren't like one of the most storied franchises, but just being in that state and being in that city, it's like it's going to draw attention regardless. So it's like now you got to build up character of your team and where you want to go forward. And I think like now was the time if they are going to get rid of him. If they do keep him, <laughs> I don't be surprised as hell. But yeah, after that article, I, was, I I would be shocked if they yeah. they kept him another season. I'm kind of surprised he's not gone now, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, think about the fact <laughs> that like the coach, like his coach, the coach's uh, his assistants fighting, you know, private players and stuff. I, although, do you guys know more about Greg Foster? I was seeing online today, pretty much on Twitter and stuff, that he is like people around Oakland know him. He's like an, like a legend around Oakland, and that like no one's surprised that he like went at this dude. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah, I saw I saw that on Instagram where people was uh, servicing like stories about him and stuff like that. So I had to do like some googling to find out. But yeah, he, he's a, he's a G. No, <laughs> no, man. I didn't. Uh, not to uh, uh, bring it back to uh, this topic, but I didn't read this article. I'm skimming through it now about uh, Yorkin, and uh, <laughs> I just want to call out one quote that I read across. Is that he was a pretty bubbly guy to the point where it didn't even seem genuine. Another <laughs> Indian voice. <laughs> it was strange Indiana personnel learned about Yorkin's plans and throughout the process while watching his engaging press conference with the media. So, yeah, I guess that, that, says, that says enough. <laughs> yeah, at one point, one thing, uh, last thing I'll mention about that that I thought was crazy is that, that someone described when he was an assistant with, like, Nick Nurse, like, something that he would do is, like, gatekeep, like, the head coach, where it was, like, Became like a like a if you guys have seen Game of Thrones like a little finger situation where oh it's like it's God. like that kind of weird dude is kind of like no no talk to you have to talk to me to get to the queen or whatever you know what I mean? it's like <laughs> things like that like that's what it was with him and Nick Nurse apparently where it was like no no talk to me like the communication starts here before you can yeah. talk to him yeah. which is always a creepy weird way to communicate and to just yeah. be in general yeah. uh, no matter what social circle or just situation that you're in uh, in that situation and you're trying to gain like you mentioned like gaining trust like that's not how you do yeah. it at all so. Ugh, dude. Who's someone else who's out the door, guys? Um, who's someone else out the door? Uh oh. There is a team uh in the Pacific Northwest who is uh there's been right, before we get to I know Dorian has a lot to say about that. Do we... <laughs> Dorian, Do we... Dorian's like stacking papers real quick. Like... <laughs> I got a page I can... how to fix the blazers. I can hear the, I can hear the folders opening. <laughs> Looking at we... his thumb real quick is to check all the pages, make sure they're all there. Ready to go. Love it. What do we think? What do we think about uh Brad Stevens? When is his window when is his window is his window open now? Is his window closing? Um like what are they expecting from him? Because he he's he's had conference success. We know he has a young team. He he has budding stars, but it's been like 
for the past most of more most of, more than half of this decade, the Celtic the Celtics has been in that that conversation of the team that should come out of the East, and they they just haven't made it. So like, are the Celtics okay with constantly either making it to the Eastern Conference Finals and and not making it there, or getting uh, having an exit before the Conference Finals? Like, where do we move forward from there? Speaking of one of the most storied franchise, one of the two most storied franchise in the entire league. Um, are they content with Brad Stevens just having a lot of wins and making it three rounds into the playoffs? I don't Man. think I don't think Brad Stevens is on the hot seat. Um, should he be? I I don't think I don't think so. I think I think if they fired him, I think another team like like the Pacers um, <laughs> would be quick to scoop him up and give him a shot. And I think he's been in Boston now seven years. Um, looked up his record the other day. He's just over a win percentage of about 55%. So he's, you know, he's winning about half of his game. He's won more than half of his games. Um, but I don't, I don't see where the upgrade is for him over him. Um, I think they've, this year they've had a lot of injuries too. I think it's just been a funky year in general for a lot of teams. I don't, I think, I think next year may be a year for him. Um, I think one, I think that may be a hot seat kind of year for for a lot of coaches out there too, where it's just like, you know, this year was kind of a, a pass for some of these teams. And next year, once the NBA is back to a little bit of normalcy, I think you're going to see a lot more pressure amped up for, you know, a, a, a Brad Stevens type. Yeah. It's weird because I think that he's definitely had some lapses, especially in big games in the playoffs and whatnot. He's definitely been out coached at certain points, but a lot of it to me is, I mean, think about how well he's coached up Tatum and Brown individually, yeah. right? And what, what they've become under him. Now consider like what Danny Ainge has done as far as the plan and the, the personnel he's given him. Some of them were intended to be good pieces. Gordon Hayward was supposed to be like a generational piece, you know, like within that, you know, like this group, he was supposed to help them. There was Kemba Walker, who has been very subpar as far as the money he's getting paid and basically just the fit on the team, it seems. Yeah. Marcus Smart's been a hit, obviously. You know, like think about Marcus Smart, too. And what he's t- he turned him into that kid that needed to be the star his whole life into the defensive stopper and just dog that he is now. Yeah. So. And you forget they had Kyrie, honestly. And Kyrie uh, as well for like, but again, like that was such a short lived thing. You know, yeah. there was such a short lived thing and he's out. And the idea that the I think it's mostly on Ainge as far as like why why the seat is at all that hot i think if he had given him some better personnel and key spots like we see he still doesn't have a center and hasn't had one for years like as far as yeah. a real center yeah. and, and obviously yeah some of the real center situation right now is dying out in the league for sure but you've got to have somebody that can go get rebounds at any point in a game regardless of size and if it's not tatum and brown it doesn't happen so yeah, yeah i don't know i I, th- I think that i i agree with dorian i think it's going to be next season if they like if they if they are if they're out early this this playoff run and then next next season they are on pace to do the same i think it starts to get really hot going into that off season regardless of what happens outside of a championship but yeah i don't know this is are tough man because yeah. i honestly like brad stevens a lot as a coach but yeah to make this personal here i just hope that when a day do, does come if they ever have to part that they do so respectfully and don't do him how chicago did dip it up yeah yeah fair on that. that that's that's a very similar situation and 
in the case of just like working with very young, very young roster and, and developing players and still being competitive year after year, despite not really having success, um, but still making it far in the playoffs or making noise in the playoffs with with less. And so, and if Derrick Rose never got hurt, that situation never happens. Yeah, true. As far as Thibodeau like leaving in that kind of fashion, which sucks, that. right? Like, like, is that suck? It's like, ah, oh, God, I miss Derrick Rose pre injury, man. Uh, but I said we got a we got another team that I know that uh, Dorian is burning to talk about <laughs> when it comes yeah. to the hot seat. Yeah, I think you know the the report came out a couple of days ago that you know Stotts may be on the hot seat here. Um, you know the Blazers, you know, like I said, currently sitting in that seventh spot. You know, they're not they're not getting any better. I mean, the defense is you know bottom of the league. Uh, the offense is, uh, you know, above average because, you know, you got Dame, you got CJ, uh, but the, the offense has never been the problem for Stotts. Um, it's always been their defense. Um, and usually they can put together a, a middle-of-the-pack defense based on his drop schemes and things like that. But I think, I think it may be time for him to go. And it may be time for a whole new whole new change for the Blazers in general <laughs> from, from, from the coach down. I think, I think Olshay can stay. I think Olshay has done an actual pretty good job um, with, with this roster for the most part. Um, yeah. On paper, it's a, it's a, it's, they always have a roster. that looks good. Yeah. I mean, think about like what Olshay has done since he's been there. He, you know, he drafted Dame, you know, he drafted Myers Leonard. But you know, hey, Myers Leonard is <laughs> who? Myers Leonard's doing, yeah. <laughs> but he, he drafted Dame. He drafted uh, Will Barton. You know, he's traded for Robin Lopez. He traded. He drafted CJ. He signed Aminu. He, he signed traded Harkless. for Merkic too. That was yeah, actually signed, a big deal. bought the bullet yeah. on the on the on the legend, on the future Hall of Famer Melo. Yeah, he yeah, drafted, actually, drafted. Yeah, he, yeah, he does need credit for that for sure. That's a yeah. Drafted Gary Trent. Drafted uh, Anthony Simons, so you know he's. And as far as the draft goes, he's done pretty good in the draft as far as finding finding players and like finding pieces that can fit around the team. Um, you know everybody's gonna have their hits and misses as far as that goes, but for the most part, he's been pretty good there. Um, you know the Blazers aren't a desirable location for free agents or anything like that, um, so that's always gonna be a tough tough pitch for a for a star or something like that but you know it may just be time for an overall an overall overhaul in general because you know this is last year they barely snuck into the to the play-in uh this year they're barely going to make the playoffs if they do and you know this is with a dame this is with a cj this is with the nerk you know with their fifth or fifth or lower constantly almost yeah. every year it seems like and you know, Dame's not getting any younger. CJ's is Dame's going to be 31 by the start of next season. Uh, CJ's going to be 30 by the start of next season. You know, I think your think your championship window is passed. The question is, you know, can Blazer fans and management stomach a rebuild? Yeah, see, for me, the biggest part of that, like the biggest hinge to all of it, is how deep that goes. And you can get rid of everybody. Like what everyone thinks, the last person's going to go is Dame. Yeah. But does like, is it a better call for them to honestly move on? 
and try to see what they can get for a dame who's still technically in its prime. Doesn't get hurt much. You know, like, do, do you think that they would do that? Because, I mean, he's talked so much about loyalty to the city and wanting to be there and wanting to be a part of building that championship roster. And, like, okay. basically it becomes, is Portland going to allow him to do that, or is it going to be them wanting to fully rebuild? Yeah, I think they're going to leave. I think that's a decision. That's a conversation you have with a star player. Yeah, for like sure. Imagine if they hey. didn't. Imagine if they just traded him. <laughs> oh I mean, will God. we be surprised? No, 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 because the business, of course. But I'm saying, like, I'm just imagine, like, just the imagine what he he makes songs about, he make an album about it, (laughs) and then he just, and then whenever they were on the schedule, no matter where he went, he would like it would just be like a murder scene every game. (laughs) Yeah, matter who it is, after video to play that team in the playoffs. Oh my god! Yeah, Yeah, for star players, you've got to have that conversation. It, I, I think you have that conversation, and you say, hey, we want to ship you someplace that has a chance. And I think Dame's got to be the first piece to move. I don't think he could be the last. I think he's got to be the first because if he that that piece when you move Dame is going to decide kind of the future that your franchise is going in. Yeah, and the pieces that you're trying to get with the remaining pieces that you have. Yeah, because if you're going to trade him, you're either getting draft picks or you're getting a young player, and then you're obviously not competing. And then from there, that's where the teardown begins. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with that. I think that I, I definitely agree that if you get rid of if you get rid of Stotts, I think it has to be a complete rebuild because I don't I don't know what coaches in the market I don't know who are potential suitors um to take that spot but I don't believe whatever coach come we know like the joke on the internet is that Terry Stotts game plan is Dame or CJ do something yeah. <laughs> everybody else is do something yeah. everybody Eric else is rebound accordingly. yeah can't you rebound put it back in but I think that if another coach come in there I don't think that's going to be their game plan. I don't think their game plan is going to be centered around, okay, we need you two to combine for 70 points every night. I think they're going to find a way to get the entire team involved because, I mean, they have pieces. They have a nice bench. The, the starting five on paper looks good, and they always have role players year in and year out, somebody who steps up and, and plays well in that role. So I think that another coach is going to come in there, and I don't think that their game plan obviously is going to have to be centered around two stars like Damon CJ. But I think that another coach is going to find a way to implement more of the team. And I think that when you when you remove Terry Stotts, you then have to restructure the rest of the roster as well. I don't I don't know if that's re- removing Dame and CJ, um, but I think that as far as like who you want on that team, as far as like the, the center, um, I don't think your uh, Nurkic is going anywhere. I think that that type of center is is perfect for that type of team. Well, I think when we think about role players and trying to get vets in there, and like you just spoke about, like Portland is not the, the greatest destination for free agents, but I think that you try to market that more to those big names to get them in there for the veteran leadership. I got a coach, and it's outside the box. I'm going to say Becky Hammond. Oh, man. Oh, that's, dude, that's such an interesting choice, man. Like that, I, dude, that'd be a good call. She's on the bench with Pop. You know, she's yeah, got a couple yeah. games because Pop was out a couple yeah. games. So she's oh, she got knows a what she's games. doing. The experience is, is not the issue at all. So, she, yeah, she is She is definitely qualified, 100%. And Portland would love her, too. Hell yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, talk about a city that would 100% embrace her as the head coach of the basketball team and not, like, you know, have any sort yeah. of, like, unnecessary pushback for that. I, I would not be mad at that. I mean, you bring in a, a point guard to, to coach a, a star point guard. Yeah, and I think you know it depends on, like I said, depends on if you want a a retool or a rebuild. Because if you're retooling, 
around Dame, you're trading CJ. And if you're tearing it down, you're trading Dame. So. Yeah, no, I agree. Because yeah, cause we've seen it. It doesn't work. Dame and CJ on paper work so well. The yep. idea of them works so well. But they just don't quite put it together. CJ gets hurt from time to time. Nurkic gets hurt from time to time. It, it's just it, it's had this feeling of, st- of like stagnation for too many years now in a row. Where there's been moments of complete hype, you know, what I mean, where Dame's hit some ridiculous shot or things have gone well for like a season where they got into the bubble last year. Cause Dame got, but again, it's all centered around when Dame can be otherworldly. Yeah. And when he's not, they don't do, they just don't do it. So, and even then, there are games we've seen the regular season, there are games where he struggles too because all the pressure, it's obvious it's on him to do everything. Yeah. So the teams are game planning, like, okay, we know. <laughs> Like we just gotta stop this this dude. Yeah, this, stop this dude. This long as we make sure he doesn't give us forty, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll literally be fine. Yep. So yeah, I don't know. That's yeah, I I agree. I think that they definitely you get rid of stats off the rip. It's pretty much like a three phase thing. <laughs> get rid of stats, like you, like Doran, you put it perfectly. Uh, uh, or you um get rid of CJ to kind of do a rework. Get rid of Dave for trying to tear it all down, and then the rest of them after you know to continue yeah. the tear down, but. So, so I got two trade ideas for you guys here. Yeah. And let's see which one you guys like better. So, so for your trading Dame, all right, this is the teardown part of it, the, the start of it. So I got, you know, two, two scenarios here. One, you trade him to the Sixers and you try to get Ben Simmons. That'd be, that's that's that'd the be deal. Sick. That's the deal. You try to get Ben Simmons, whether that's, you know, you do it straight up. I don't, I don't, I don't even know if the Sixers would do that straight up. Maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't, maybe the Blazers wouldn't, you know, whatever. But, you know, that's the, that's the crux of the deal. It'd be Lillard for Simmons. Man. See, the I, same I, team that didn't want to give up Simmons for Harden. Yeah, well, they didn't want to give up Simmons, Maxi, Thibel, and yeah. multiple picks. If, if it were straight up like that, here's the thing. It all, it all hinges on what the Sixers do this, this uh, postseason. Yeah. Right. Say that. Say they just don't hit it again. Like it's obvious. Like Embiid goes off, Simmons. You know, and like Tobias Harris does his thing. Da, 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 and then it becomes Simmons not being able to shoot becomes a glaring issue. You know what I mean? Like if it becomes a glaring issue in games they needed, then I think you like. I think then that would get a lot of steam behind it, and that would be really interesting for both sides. I mean, for Portland, if you can get anything of equal to value or close to that, then that's great. So no matter who it is, but if that's Ben Simmons, and great. There you go. That's your rebuild. But for Philly, first of all, Philly would completely embrace embrace Lillard 100%. Oh, hell yeah. 100%. He, he's a real-ass dude. That's a real-ass city. <laughs> they would love him there. And honestly, he'd be a great fit there. They they cannot shoot a lot of the time from the outside if it's not Curry. Uh, I mean, they have some shooters for sure, but like in the playoffs, not consistent. Uh, and honestly, it just gives shooting to the fifth position on the floor. Which would <laughs> is if if you can do that over having just four dudes that can shoot, fantastic. In today's NBA, that's what you need. And Dame would kill it. I would love to see that trade actually. I'm all for getting Simmons out of Philly. Well, I do think that it <laughs> yeah. go further with him out of there and another star point guard uh right there wouldn't be first. He's Nike, possible. right? Simmons? Uh, he, oh, he might be like a like a Puma or something like that. Yeah, I can't uh, remember. If, yeah, he's Nike. He's Nike. If he's Nike, yeah, I mean, then okay. that helps him. I mean, the Australia Nike yeah. connection and him being in Portland. That, uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, that's that's he makes it easy for him. <laughs> like, you know, that's more money in his pocket. Uh, yeah. And if the Blazers could do that, or if there's some deal like that, you know, then you can still play with 
Simmons and and keep CJ at the same time, but you also yeah. improve your defense a little bit, and you know you save. I think Dame is going to make next year like forty million. Yeah, and I think Simmons makes about ten million dollars less. Okay, and so you know you save some money, you extend your your window, maybe because you get. I mean, they're the seventh seed right now. Are they that much worse, or any worse with Simmons and C- with Simmons and CJ instead of Dame and CJ? Yeah, as long as CJ is healthy. I mean, yeah, you have I CJ. Mean, I mean, CJ can hit big shots in his own right too, and he has. But the ones we remember are the Dame ones because they were colder. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like they Very were just nice, more yeah. intense. Uh, yeah. But you know, CJ is not a slouch, right? I mean, that's what sucks that it kind of gets swept under the table. Like how good he actually is at times. Uh, for him, it's literally just about being healthy. If he's healthy and his legs are under him, he can be amazing, especially playing off somebody like Ben, who's a player who he has not played with before, uh, that kind of style. I mean, think about that roster right now. Like, Melo benefits from that. <laughs> Literally everyone else benefits. So they have a lot of decent shooters in that team, and that would only help. So Yeah. Now, yeah. The, the other option is the complete rebuild, and you send them to the Knicks for all their picks and, you know, salary filler to match salary because the Knicks have all their own picks and they got two Mavericks picks. You know, you send them for all the firsts and all the pick swaps and, you know, maybe you get, you know, like Obi Toppin back or something like that. Yeah, or it's like, it sounds like a Kevin Knox or something. Or yeah, maybe, maybe, then, you, maybe you could persuade him to give you like Mitchell Robinson or something. Yeah, and then you send CJ someplace else and, you know, some of these other players for either picks or players, you know, you send CJ to the Hawks for like Cam Reddish or... <laughs> Or try to get Brandon Ingram for the Pelicans. Yeah, one of, or one of like their that. eight shooting guards they have on their team right now. Yeah, I mean that's that's the re that's the retool. That's the complete teardown. You send Dame to the Knicks for all the picks and some cap filler, and then trade CJ someplace else and try to try to find that young, somewhat young player that you know maybe somebody's not hot on. You know, like I like personally for the Hawks, I like Cam Reddish. He could be good. You know, he's only like twenty or something like that. He's super but, young. You know, something like somebody like that, or you just start unloading them for picks, or you know, maybe the Kings are open trading for trading away Marvin Bagley or something like that. I yeah. don't know, but that's I, those are my two ideas. You know, you try to get Simmons, or you do the complete teardown, and you know, I think the Knicks would happily give all their picks for Lillard. I like it. Yeah, no, I, I really do like that. Pretty much anywhere Dame goes, I'd like to see him stay in Portland, just because I know that that's what he wants. So I think that'd be cool if he could stay in some in some way. Um, but if he does go, Philly and New York are literally the two cities I'd love to see him in. Uh, I would absolutely love it because I mean, him in New York. Oh man! Like for everything I said about Philly, like just two like two minutes ago, amplifies times yeah. two in New York. That's so much more intense. Him and Randall, like that's him and Randall are running at the same speed right now mentally. They'd they'd lock in immediately. And that's a scary team. He teaches he teaches all those guys how to be even colder. Randall taught him how Kobe was cold, and then now Dame's gonna come and teach him how he's cold. And that's gonna be a crazy thing It'll for all scary. those young kids, for yeah. Barrett and for everyone there. And that's a great thing to understand. They were coaching them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, come on, do wonders for some young kids. <laughs> I mean, come on, that would be that's gonna be insane, man. Oh, I'd love to see that. But if you're if you're because you're I don't like, I don't like which all one the do you picks. like? I don't like yeah. all the picks. I, I I'd rather get a player if I can. I want a known commodity because we saw with Ainge, you can have a lot of picks and you like you can get them right with Tatum and Brown sometimes. And but if you if you are too reliant on just all these draft picks, you can easily miss too. Yeah. And I I don't like the idea. I, of course, all these kids are getting better and faster and more athletic and more polished, more er, like earlier and all these things. But I just don't. 
Yeah, if, yeah. If, I, if I can get Simmons instead of all those draft picks, I would do that just because you know what you're getting. And like you said, you're not that out of it while still – you're not that out of the – you're not dipping much lower on how good you were um, by any means by by with, uh, with you get Simmons. So I think that I think that's the move for the, sure. The scary thing about all those picks is that you're, you, you know, you're accepting all those picks and you're hoping that one – if not all turns out into a Dame Lillard and the possibility of that happening is very slim. So I think that's another reason why like I would stay away from all the picks. Cause like, yeah, it sounds good as far as assets, but it's like you also at one point just want your franchise to turn around and start winning again. And <laughs> to have a Dame Lillard type player with future picks is, it's a big gamble. Yeah. No, as yeah, as Rockets fan over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, welcome to my yeah. reality, dude. All right. Yeah, yeah. So one dark horse, I th- I was thinking, I was like, okay, Miami, you know, they don't really have anything. You know, I, they could, they're not going to trade Bam. Um, but if the Clippers fizzle out, and Kawhi's like, man, I really, I want to resign. We need a point guard. Would Portland trade Dame for Paul George? Yes. And yeah. do both do both teams like that? I don't I mean, think so. Paul George doesn't like that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Paul George doesn't like that at all. That five year deal. Yeah. No, he is. No, he's not stoked at all. Like he he leaves his hometown. He's now in Portland, <laughs> where they beat they they beat they beat OKC on in Portland, right? Mm, yep. When he had that yep. shot over him, so he had that <laughs> yeah. shot over him in Portland, the most embarrassing moment of his entire career. Oh, they, that he will never that. get back. And then the comments oh. afterwards about, like, that's a bad shot. Like, dude, like, oh, yes, now go on that court. And that's where now he reps that team. And that, and you're, you can't tell me that Portland fans <laughs> would fully respect him. <laughs> I forgot. I did, you know. Because he's a great player. He's yeah. really, really, really good. Like, I still want to go Dark Horse. I'm sorry. I forgot, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. But it can still happen because that's how things work. I mean, yeah. the idea that he was playing, I, until Doc, like, left. The Clippers. I didn't know the whole thing about like Paul George dated his daughter and then left him and got it like a like a stripper pregnant, like Instagram out of pregnant, and then like <laughs> and, you know, and he was and he and that dude he he had to welcome that dude in with a welcome mat in, in on his team and coach that kid. Like crazy things have happened. So <laughs> if that happens, it would it would be good for Portland because if you can get Paul George back, that's a great piece. That's yeah. an amazing piece to get. Um, I don't think. But yeah, no. I mean, if you're Paul George, it sucks. If you're Dame, it's great. I, do you think the Clippers would do that? I don't. Here's the, I, really, I feel like Pat Bev would be in the locker, would be in the GM's office barking about that, getting pissed off. Uh, I feel like he would not think, want Dame on his team, dude. I think Pat Bev is on his way out, but I also think that the Clippers are starting to starting to figure out that you know that team could be successful without uh, uh, another or without a point guard that scores as much as Dame does. Like Kawhi and Paul yeah. George can't work out with a Rondo or Kawhi and Paul George can't work out with a Reggie Jackson. If Reggie Jackson is playing like he's been playing since post all-star break, as long as that point guard is just contributing, playing defense and not really, you know, taking too much of the uses up. I think they're good as structured. Um, I understand why, you know, the trade will happen. And I don't think, I think if the trade does happen, I don't think either team is hurt by it, but I just don't think that if the Clippers were to get rid of either of those two, I don't think it will be for Dame Lillard. I think it will probably be for, like, another wing player. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. 
Yeah, no, I think you're you're definitely right on that. I mean, if you're LA, you don't need that for sure. I mean, honestly, I think one of LA's biggest problems has been that their center play, and now that Zubac has been starting, I think that's a great thing for them. Yeah. And uh, I heard a lot of talk on the broadcast tonight. They're saying that they're the you know Clippers' plan is to continue to do that, even though Ibaka's coming back. Yeah, that's a great call because it's been it's been proven they play much better defense with him on the floor. Yeah, offensively, he gets every he gets offensive boards left and right. He finishes fine. You know, like he's he's a he's a really solid center for what they do. He's, he's growing up. He's because he's coming into his own. Like yeah. he, he's he's had so much movement, moving. I mean, within it, the the year that he was that he left the the not the Lakers. Uh, I mean, not the Clippers, but the Lakers. He was he wasn't great. He wasn't good. But you can start to see that he was starting to find his way in his league, and then he got traded in the midst of that season. He came to a Clippers team that was really didn't have yeah, like they didn't have <laughs> they didn't have any identity or anything. So he was still learning his ways, and now you can see he's finally like comfortable within the position that he's playing. Because even under Doc Rivers, like his minutes were up and down, his yeah. goal was up and down. But now Sean Lowry he finally was pulling his hair that. out. Yeah, <laughs> and so now he's like he has a consistent role, and so now you see that it's, it's, it's doing wonders for him playing in a consistent role. Yeah, it's 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 amazing what that'll do for a player, and we it's it's amazing how often yeah. we we see that. that uh, <laughs> that the role ends up mattering so much and players get judged so quickly yep. uh, in one situation, they move to another and it's all good. Do you guys ever wonder, by the way, what like a Mike Muscala in that situation, how crappy would it be to be like a, like a an NBA player, which is obviously a really hard thing to be, you know, there's been like what 4,300 people ever have been NBA players yeah. or something, some number like that. And, and because you got traded in like a steal or something, or like a player who was much better than you, Traded, like you get remembered as like, oh man, he got traded for Mike Muscala. <laughs> was like Mike Muscala, like you know, fine. He's been in the league a few years. He only had a fine career. But there's so many guys like that where it's like, I mean, he got traded for that guy, man. That sucks. And it's, it's like, oh man, he was he was fine. You know? like, he just has to carry that from that from that day. Like, damn, that sucks. <laughs> it's definitely demeaning. Yeah, it sucks, man. <laughs> oh, poor guys. And then, is there another coach? That we were trying to think about here, that was on the seat here. What are we thinking? Um, um, I mean, Luke Walton's got to be out, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the I mean, just, he should know, be, but the fact that he's still there is 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 wild enough. So I don't know. <laughs> he's probably yeah, right. Like, yeah, I agree. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know what happens there. He's, uh, probably, he's probably the the next one. None of these other teams at the bottom really have like any had any expectations. Um, Who's the, who's the Pelican? Oh, Stan Van Gundy. Stan. Yeah. Yeah, man, yeah. honestly, firing him would not be the worst thing they could do. And I like Stan Van Gundy as a as a person. He's a real fun guy. But uh, yeah, they'll probably give they'll probably give him another year. Uh, yeah, but it's gonna be bad still. Yep. <laughs> Minnesota already changed. Minnesota already changed their coach. So, I mean, Anthony maybe Edwards, the, man. Maybe Amazing. maybe the Magic. I don't. Maybe the Magic could be. Uh, oh, no, I just assume the Magic have like, had the same head coach. Like, the last, I don't like, even know who the hell. I was about to say, I don't even know who the hell is coaching the Magic. That's you bring him up. <laughs> Honestly, when I, when I think of the Magic head coaches, I just think of the point guards. I'm I not really even have to Google. I think of like, oh, like Jacques Vaughn played there at one point. You know, at some point, like, oh, yeah, he was there. Uh, Augustine was there for a long time. You know what I mean? Like, I just think of well, those Steve kind of guys. Clifford. Oh, shit. Steve Clifford. Like, Steve Clifford. Steve Clifford. Oh, okay, great. Good for him. that's so funny dude that's funny dude hey do you guys know what anthony edwards actually said uh after dropping like what 40 was it 42 46 
uh, the other night, he uh-huh. he was talking about how he wants to uh, learn. He wants to go to Spain oh, yeah. with Ricky oh, Rubio. Yeah, oh yeah, and uh, and one of the other. There's another Spanish player on their team. Um, oh yes, thank you. And he was he basically he wants to go visit go over there to learn fluent Spanish so that he can <laughs> so he can understand what they're talking about all the time. Yeah, <laughs> he's one of my. Fa- I love that my kid favorite. already. My friend like, and like quote. he's a great player for sure, but not even that at all. Like he, I, we all appreciate why he's, he's a great player. He's authentic. Like yeah, some of my, like some he, of my closest friends are from from Georgia, like the backwoods of Georgia, and yeah. they talk exactly the same. Like oh, every time I see Anthony Edwards interview, I'm like, this is this is Quinn. <laughs> like Quinn, talk, <laughs> this is the same conversations we have. He say the same type of stuff, and it's just it's amazing to see that this young kid. And I also want to bring up because in SSAW, a lot of people were saying that. This is a kid that teams should pass up on because, quote unquote, he doesn't seem like he loved the game. I don't know they seem how. Disinterested in the game. Yeah, I don't know how I they determined that. I can lie. You was one of them. Explain. I had. I thought Lamelo uh, was the number one player for me personally. Um, I thought Anthony Edwards had the body. Um, he just didn't seem like they had the experience for for it. And it seems like seems like. Whenever these guys are coming out of college, you know, you see like the play, the people that have been like coached up to like speak a certain way, and the people that haven't been coached up. And he was definitely one of those people that wasn't coached up to speak a certain way or like answer the questions a certain way. So like he's given like these random quotes, or like he's great at all sports. He could have played football or baseball or yeah. soccer or whatever it was he says. But you know, and I think that. You know, I think that you can't you can't take you can't buy stock into that in in regards to like what he would do at the next level though like who you are as a person shouldn't affect what you do professionally like in, the job that I'm in I hate it I have no I have no experience <laughs> in it I had no interest in it or literally I, I won't lie to you all the only reason why I'm in a job I am now is because they were looking for someone a couple of years ago and they reached out to my girlfriend and she said, no, I don't, I'm, I'm too qualified for that, but I may have someone who may be interested. And I did the interview and I got the job and here I am a year later, got promoted <laughs> and I, and I do well in a job, but that still doesn't take away that I have no interest in, in taking this job long term. And it doesn't take away, you know, what I do within yeah. this job as far as like being successful. And I think it's the same thing as basketball. Like it's a profession. He He's a great basketball player. He's, he's been a great basketball player at every level. And, for people to like just say that you know teams should stay away from him because of he just doesn't seem to love the, the game of basketball. Like it, for me, it just it was eye opening to me to see a lot of people share that opinion. But I'm just glad to see how his rookie season has turned out so far, just because of what people thought of him coming into the league. No, for sure. Now here, now here, here's what I thought about that when it was going on. A, I was worried for him when he went number one because I felt that weird pressure. kind of discertainty with the Anthony uh, Anthony Bennett choice like choices like that where like there's no clear-cut number one people aren't sure about it i worry about those guys because they get immediately judged so harshly as far as like their success because if they aren't great it's oh see he shouldn't have been number one we all knew that when he was picked number one you know what i mean that immediate just like just yeah he's already battling uphill and And when i heard he's interested in basketball and it was like that i heard these quotes i was going man i like i hope that because basically, no matter what I think at that point, it's I don't know how hard he actually works. You know oh, what I'm saying? Like I don't know what he's doing when I'm when I'm not seeing him on the internet, right? Yeah. So like in my thing, if he works hard, then it's then none of it matters. But I was like, if if he's not if he's not fully focused on basketball to the point where he is doing what he's doing right now, 
then I was worried that the media would eat him up. Yeah. But it's the complete opposite. Is that well, he do. obviously works very hard, and so that's not so none of it matters. Because if you're playing well, you can do whatever you want. So he's playing well, but then also like he is so in like a weird, like almost like a glass bubble of like just like yeah. he's like very innocent almost. You know what I mean? Like everyone just kind of like it's almost like he's been untouched by any negative energy in in the world. You know? I, and that yeah, I just I love watching him now because everything he says is just everything people basically want to say. Like people like people want to say these things. And it's like I love seeing kids, especially kids in this age in the internet where you don't have to take yourself that seriously. Yep. You know what I mean? Like as like you said, as long as you're doing your job correctly, then you can do whatever you want. And I'd love that there's I love that I honestly I love that I had some doubt in him a little bit when he yeah. came out like that. And then I was that and I was that insanely wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'll, I'll take yeah. that all day. Yeah. Same here. Same here. All I didn't day, like, dude. I didn't see I didn't see <laughs> what he didn't you know, know who A-Rod was. It's like that's the owner of your team. Imagine imagine that. If some Knicks yeah. player out there, James Dolan, no clue. Don't care. <laughs> like he didn't say it disrespectfully, obviously, but like just yeah, he was like, like, yeah, I don't know. Never heard of that person. So <laughs> it's like so- it's like dude, literally it's like Michael Jordan buying the team. Yeah. It's like it's on par as athletes go, like, oh yeah, A-Rod? Yeah, no. <laughs> No That's idea, crazy. man. And, and, I no, could have no. been a pro baseball player. No idea who A Rod is. I was say the craziest part about it. He was like, I could play any sport. <laughs> but then, <laughs> you said he could throw ninety plus, no problem. He's like, yeah, I could throw ninety. Like, and that's the thing is, it, 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 it's, it's not a cocky thing. Like, that's what I'm saying. We can all tell at this point when yeah. people are being genuous and when they're being disingenuous in interviews. Like you yeah. said, like there was no coaching. He's not coaching interviews. And so it's great when someone is that genuine because you yeah. don't have to question anything they're saying. So it's it's and also you get away with more things because you're being honest. You know yeah. what I mean? People get people get wrecked because they say stupid things within this tight knit thing they're trying to create with whatever they're saying, and it and they lose it. They mess up. They say something stupid, and because it doesn't come off as genuine, they don't know how to get out of it. This kid never has to regret anything he says. Yep, it's fantastic. I love Anthony Edwards so much. Him and Lamelo. I'm so I, I'm so glad those two are the best players in this class so far. yeah for sure 100 percent, because they are characters lamello has been a character within his own right for the past three or four years so now that we have another <laughs> one person who has been so quiet uh through all this time now starting to have the cameras in front of him and his personality is coming out more we're, we're gonna lead we're we're in good hands in terms of characters of of the young kids who are going to be leaders of this uh this class we need to get them a reality show. Those two, get them a re- Imagine LaMelo, <laughs> seen everything, done everything, been around the world playing ball since he was a little kid. That's all he cares about. That's what he does. Eat, drink, and sleep because his dad's told him pretty much eat, drink, and sleep basketball. <laughs> and and then you pair him with Anthony Edwards, equally great hooper, <laughs> you know, equally great at basketball. But then this like back, like backwoods, like country kid, yep. just enjoying his life. <laughs> He's enjoying himself and just has not seen a lot of the world and is very naive to things. Just let him hang out with, like, let him just go wherever yeah. Lamelo's going in an off season. Just see how that plays out. Will be amazing, man. That's TV, dude. Screenwriters, if y'all listening, please. Screenwriters, feel free. Give us an executive <laughs> producer credit, and we'll be just fine. We aren't too selfish. A little, you know, fifty-fifty cut of the profits nope. is fine with us. <laughs> uh. Okay, so there was no other coach. Okay, all the coaches are good here. You know, guys, I was thinking that we could talk about the all rookie teams, but honestly, we could just save that. Yeah, you know, we could do that next week, guys. You know, we don't want to rush that. Yeah, I mean, there's been so many good rookies too. I mean, this class has actually been really good this year. 
Really, yeah. they have. And like, I, who mentioned it? Someone posted in the group the picture of the draft board, the first round draft board, and it was pretty much saying that all but like four of those players are getting like decent minutes uh-huh. on their teams right now, which is basically that's got to be unheard of, you know, to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it's just because you know covid and injuries and short season but like for yeah. a lot of these players to be out here like performing and actually like being like positive contributors to their team is really good for a draft class that wasn't supposed to be pretty really good like even even just rj hampton right like pretty much a throw-in pick to the uh to the aaron gordon trade right uh-huh. to orlando because of injuries he's playing and yeah. like he's been averaging the last like three games he's averaging like 18 like 8 and 10 or something and you're like what dude <laughs> like That's like right. and, you know and he, and i'm looking at a ranking of the like rookies over the whole season and right now he's 27th on this list and it's like you know what i mean with, there's so many players on here that are just having and what's weird it's been, a lot of rookies have had spurts really big spurts of like sadiq bay has gone off randomly cole anthony has had times where he's gone off quickly had that stretch in new york where he was going off it's uh yeah, all these guys have had really bright moments. And even to go back to what Riley was speaking about with COVID, think about the fact that they're performing like this and they were thrown into the fire. Like they didn't have a, a dip your feet yeah. in the water with the with the rookie uh I mean with the summer league and nothing like that. They literally went straight into preseason. And a lot of Not them totally didn't true. play too much in preseason. They literally just started the season and started playing basketball and they're performing like this. And there's so many of them spread out everywhere, you know, performing for their teams and contributing to their team so well. Yeah. It's been, it's been a really good class. Um, I think it's a good thing to discuss next week, our all rookie teams. And, you know, we'll throw in the rookie of the year talk next week too, I think. To... Definitely. Cause now that Lamelo's back, that has definitely become more of a question. You guys saw that pass he had like first game back that yes. underhand pass. Yes. <laughs> that like looking back, like, like dude, if someone gets a finger on that, that's one of the worst passes of all time. Yes. It's a bad pass. It's a bad pass, regardless. But yeah, he, he just does crazy, it so dude. effortlessly. It's like well, also, too, <laughs> also like that pass doesn't get there without yes. him doing what he did, and that's yep. what's wild about it. That's why he gets the pass on is that it worked out. Yes. Anything on a basketball court's fine if it goes in. Anything. That's the that's the ultimate. As you're the coach, no, 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 no. What are you? Oh doing? yeah, that's a great play. Imagine, <laughs> imagine. Like, I, I, I need to go back and see if there's footage of the coach. Like what the no, dude. <laughs> Because that's the pass, like even the defender, it's like it turns around and sees it and is like, nah. Because it's like a Russell Wilson pass. It was coming straight down. It's yeah. not like it was, he looked straight ahead, like eye level, and it was like literally falling above his head. The scary Wild thing, I, and I know we're wrapping up, the scary thing about this, though, is that that coach, James Borrego, he tried his best to keep like a, a handle on Melo in the beginning of the season with like limiting his minutes and not playing him in crunch time and stuff. And yeah. now that Melo was like, he's a starter and he's getting his minutes and he's and he's closing games and, you know, he's this, this big attraction. James Borrego can't do anything about it anymore. Like, Melo has had the green light no. since, yeah. he was, since he was in fourth he's got grade. No choice. Yeah. He's got no and choice. He, every team he's played on, he's had to, he had the green light to do whatever he wants. And in the NBA was the first time that he had some, like, friction with the coach. And now it's like, it's, it's easing up and he's getting back to what he's known. So it, it's, it's going to be scary because, He's going to have a green light to to, to do yeah. whatever he wants. And then the thing, it's going to work out the majority of the time. He is the yep. smoothest dude. Yeah, and, gotta, and like, got to take the good with the bad with him. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, he's going to have some games where he's going to have like ten plus turnovers. He's going to have hard level turnovers once in a while. Um, but here's the thing: he's going to do stuff that's way crazier than Harden. Is the thing. Like, 
like things that Harden does, they're reckless, but it's because he's trying, you know, when he was in Houston doing all that, it's because he was trying to put up 40, 50 a night if he could. Like in <laughs> with this situation, it's just Melo just trying to make plays. So he's going to do some wild, wild stuff. And I'm, oh, I'm excited. <sighs> okay, so I next mean, week. Imagine him and Jokic on the same team making passes. Oh, insane. <laughs> it, would, it would just be them back and forth the entire time running around the court. No one would know what to do. Their eyes aren't even on each other at any point. They're pointing in the wrong directions, throwing the ball the other way. The team's throwing up because they're getting motion sickness. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, man. Crazy, dude. Oh, man. Yeah, so uh, next week, that's what we're going to come with for sure. Obviously, get an update on what's going on in the league right now. See if the Lakers have survived by then. Uh, it's going to get interesting for sure. We're it's going to be a good one next week. It's, it's the end. It's going to be a couple of days before the end of the season, so we're going to have some good takes for y'all. Um, I'm definitely going to come back and rejigger my conversation on the finals, especially in the West, um, as the as the season ends. And so y'all should be y'all should be looking forward to that. Right off yeah. the list. Well, hey, uh, let's all have a beautiful evening, and to all the listeners, have a beautiful evening. And uh, yeah, we'll see y'all next week. All right, peace out.